Hey, welcome to the Allison Park Leadership Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Dave. And, and my name is Jeff. And we're Dave and Jeff Leak, And we are uh, really loving this podcast. We're both pastors on staff at Allison Park Church. And we're glad you joined us for today's episode. Absolutely. Yeah, and as always, we just want to say thank you for listening. We want to give special thank yous to those who have given us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And so I'm going to shout out, shout out a few people today. We want to say thanks to Dave Lewis, uh, to Pro Scratcher, to Silas Cianci, Mom Towers, <laughs> Living the Deep Down Life, Atomic Tuning Fork, Shanley83, and Jay Anderson, Anders Johnson. Wow, Anders that Johnson. is some... Most <laughs> likes that we've ever had. Thank you so much to everybody uh, over the last few weeks for doing that for us. We appreciate that. And uh, again, if you if you do give us one of those likes on one of these places, five star reviews, five, on st- Apple five star reviews. I'm sorry, I'm the old guy here. <laughs> Get the terminology right. Uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show. We appreciate your list- Absolutely. listenership. Absolutely, yes, we to do. Yeah. We hope you're enjoying your summer. It's summer 2022. And uh, one of the things that that we've been discussing recently, there's a big new... Okay, wait, wait. I want to leave a little promo. I wore my shirt oh, yeah, today okay, we'll start for the there. Allison Park Leadership <laughs> Academy. So this is the Allison Park Leadership Podcast. There's also a network for pastors, Allison Park Leadership Network. And um, we're going to start a brand new school year coming up in the fall for the Allison Park Leadership Academy. And so if you like the content on this show, uh, this, this uh, Leadership Academy prepares you for life in every way. If you want to go into ministry, if you want to get a good, solid spiritual grounding, you want to know more about the Bible, um, you want to prepare yourself for your career of choice, you can go to the AllisonParkLeadershipAcademy.com website and learn more about it, even if it's not for this year, for future years. Um, And uh, so that's my little plug for the day. How about that? Absolutely. It's (laughs) worth checking out. AllisonParkLeadershipAcademy.com. Yep. Um, it, it really Dave is was, a graduate, a graduate of, yeah. of the APLA. So it yeah. was life changing for me. We would love to have you have you yeah join and check it out at the very least. So right. especially if you're a senior or you're graduated, whatever, this yeah. would be a great opportunity. Or By you're way, an adult and you've always dreamed about maybe taking some next steps in God. Yeah, go ahead and push your mic down, by the way. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're messing with the top of it. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> there, there we go. go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, okay. So as I was saying before, before I forgot to plug APLA, it is summer of 2022, and one of the big sort of summer media phenomenons is the the release of Stranger Things Season 4, which maybe at this point you're like, why are they talking about this? But we just talk about anything, right? Yeah. And uh, the reason that kind of came up so I was, I mean, I have watched Stranger Things, you know, as it's kind of gone so through. So I watched yeah. the first two seasons anyway. Did you like it? I love the first two seasons. I started into season three and I started to feel like this is, is getting really dark and creepy and I'm not sure I'm entertained by it anymore. So I haven't watched season three or season four. Right. Well, uh, with season four, uh, they kind of took an even more dark direction. I, I haven't watched it yet, but I from a lot of people I know, it's it's gotten a lot more into you know, the the side of the demonic. And I, I don't mean that it's demonic, like I'm just labeling the More like they're actually experimenting with that and talking about summoning demons. In fact, I think they think that the main bad guy is a demon for a while. He, he doesn't end up being that. Um, but so this kind of brings you're us... You're not spoiling anything for anybody that's watching the show, are you? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I think you're fine. Yeah, I think you're fine. All right. Um, and it's been out for a little bit. So yeah. if you're a Stranger Things fanatic, you can already watch the show yeah. if you want to. <laughs> but so this kind of brings us to, to this idea of we're, we're going to be talking about, you know, the 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 curiosity with all things occult and demonic. What, what were you titling this? 
Yeah, so I thought we'd title it Stranger Things, Dungeons and Dragons, and All Things Demonic. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So now we are not saying from the title, we are labeling everything demonic. What we are saying, so okay, let me let me back up. I grew up in a generation where uh, things got labeled demonic that probably weren't. You grew up in a generation where things got labeled demonic that probably weren't, but way less than my generation. Right. Right. And so there were in the 1980s when I was just in uh, graduating from high school and then going into college, there were these um, seminars in churches. Uh, the Peters Brothers would go around and they would do a seminar on the demonic origins of rock and roll. And so there was, you know, they would famously play. What was the group that had the, if you played it backwards, it said something? Oh, um, Black Sabbath or yeah, somebody. Yeah, a, a number of those had those yeah, yeah. backwards so, okay, there masking. Was, there was a lot of um, teaching around how if you listen to rock music, it will you know, bring demonic activity Hotel into Hotel California life. is one of those that they're talking about a lot. Was it really? Yeah, okay, uh-huh. so, yeah. so uh, there was, a, I guess, a, a real strong reaction to anything that potentially could be demonic. I know that... Um, my wife, who grew up in a very strict religious home, would not have been able to watch Mickey Mouse's 1940s <laughs> Fantasia movie. Because yeah, in that, magic. He, was, he was a wizard. Yeah, he's a wizard. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. on one extreme, you probably have this idea that anything that looks, smells like witchcraft, wizardry, or that, you know, Black Sabbath had the title of that sounds kind of dark, right? Okay, so uh, the title of the group. So there was one side of things, which is, you know, this is all bad. Christians should have no place in tuning into anything like this. Actually, Dungeons and Dragons, when you were growing up, would have been, I would have seen it that way. I would have been really freaked out by the Dungeons and Dragons uh, game. Because, well, you were freaked out by a lot less yeah. than that. <laughs> could, could I tell a funny Please, story? Please, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just remember, like, <laughs> so as like a el- elementary schooler, like probably when I was maybe first or second grade is whenever Pokemon swept the nation. Yeah. Not just the nation, really the world. I mean, right. it was huge. And that was like, the show was on, but it was also like all of my friends had billions of trading cards. And they would play them in Sunday school and stuff. And you were like, you can't play Pokemon. And I was like, why? And you were like, it stands for Pocket Monsters. And you're like, Monsters, Dave. So I was like this. <laughs> I remember mom felt really guilty oh, about it. it. Well, guilty? So, not guilty. Oh, like strongly. Convicted. convicted, yeah. Yeah. Or like she had a strong conviction against, against it. it. That's yeah, what I'm trying against, to say. I was going to say. So, so I yeah. made my own Pokemon cards. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did. A, me and Alyssa would draw animals and just name them different things because we weren't allowed to have Pokemon oh, trading cards. I'm so, so sorry. No, that's... Although I have to tell you, I still don't think I understand what Pokemon is. So maybe maybe um, you can instruct me later. Uh, but Pokemon's probably not demonic. I can okay. say that. They're little cute animals that... Well, so I think yeah. what's freaked, freaked me out about it was the, the idea of... When you when one Pokemon consumed another, that it sort of absorbed its strength and power. Is that true? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that <laughs> they, was the they have these they have these little capture balls, and they throw it, and it gets absorbed into a ball that's like a little cage. But no, you don't eat Pokemon or anything. Okay. So so yeah. I maybe I got some b- bad Christian media <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that exaggerated something. That Possibly. Was, is there anything at all that could be seen as demonic with Pokemon? I don't know. I remember you you heard stories where you were like, they were at a convention and everybody started convulsing yeah, all at the yeah, same I time. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. I, which I don't know if that's true or not. Uh-huh. That sounds demonic, but yeah. 
the general experience of Pokemon is like a little cute dog. That, it's like when I used to trade baseball cards with my friends. Kind yeah, of they thing. evolve. So uh-huh. maybe, I mean, that the 90s was super, evolution was at the forefront, you know, especially with like all the dinosaur media. You okay, know, so let's Park, not stay so. too long on Pokemon. Anyway, but, yeah. But I guess with this is the, if you're a parent, you're raising kids and you want your kids to be raised as Christians and you don't want them to be exposed to anything harmful, you are protective of them about a lot of things that potentially could be harmful. And one of them might be the entertainments that they take in. Um, and so you have this potential extreme where on one side you be, you're being, I guess uh, we would say that Mel and I at times were overly protective when it came to some of these things, and maybe it was exaggerated, the potential for harm that it could cause you. And so you were a bit sheltered and denied in some ways what other kids were getting the chance to do. On the other side of things, there is some legit spiritual darkness that's going on that makes its way through music and entertainment and games and videos and all kinds of other things that we probably should be a bit concerned about. And I guess just like we did the episode on swearing, you know, where on the spectrum should you land in terms of strictness or openness to entertainments that have to do with dark activities? Uh, we're going to have an open discussion about that today because I think this might be something. It, so either that you're thinking about as a parent or an individual and you, you're horrified by what you see other people participating in, or maybe you are participating and haven't thought about it at all, or you think that any restrictions on this are totally ridiculous, um, we're going to dive into that and try to create some kind of principle-based approach. By the way, we didn't say what our tagline is for the podcast, which is the principles behind the plans. So we're not doing how to, we're doing why. And specifically, we've been talking about why we think what we think or believe what we believe or do what we do as a church and as leaders about a lot of issues in our culture today. So this is one of them. Yeah, that's a good way to, to segue into it. So yeah, I, I mean... I don't know. Where do you, where do you want to well, let's start? Let's circle back to Stranger Things. Okay. So in the Stranger Things season one and season two, uh, it's very well produced, uh, made for Netflix, I guess. Yeah. Binge, binge, binge worthy series, yeah. right? So you get into it and you can't stop watching it because it's one of these bingeable shows uh, with middle school characters who are involved in this. Uh, mystery that's going on where basically two dimensions collide with each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, they are in the process of trying to figure out what's going on with this. Mm-hmm. And the first two episodes, first two seasons, in my opinion, were less about the creepy dark things. It was more about the characters and personalities. And it was more sci-fi. It was, it was in the sci-fi category. Yeah. But I do remember in season two where all of a sudden one of the middle school characters was taken over by this sort of oozy black mm-hmm. kind of creepy thing. And I remember thinking, that feels like t- demonic possession right there. Mm. Like, okay, may- maybe this is something I don't want to watch. Now, I was in like episode seven, yeah, it was and like I wanted episode. to hear what was going on. So I finished season two, and then I started season three. And the first episode of season three, I was like, I think I'm out now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, I'm out, not because I think if I watch Stranger Things, I'm going to become demon-possessed, and not because uh, I feel like this is so horrible, it's sinful, and you cannot, how can you call yourself a Christian and watch Stranger Things Season 3? For me, it ceases to be entertaining when it feels like I'm watching something that is openly demonic. Mm. So, so if I think, man, this is actually just 
demonic. This is a show about demonic activity. For me, I was like, I don't think I'm interested in that. Like, I want to do something else because I will be more edified and blessed (laughs) by something that isn't in the category of just enjoying a sci-fi, but really, really aggressively demonic kind of show. Um, So I don't know, maybe, maybe other people didn't feel that way about season three, but that was my personal reaction of why I didn't didn't watch it. Well, I think se- season three was not, it was probably in the middle. Season four is probably a little more openly. Well, d- d- well yeah, because se- season, it's just, season three is like creepy and people are sort of being like potentially possessed and stuff like that. Season four, it's like they're some, they're trying to summon a demon. Okay. <laughs> That's how it starts out. And they're yeah. actually playing the, the game, the board game Dungeons and Dragons throughout that. And okay. I mean, that was another thing that I think was. So a, I will tell you so there are levels of sensitivity that people have when it comes to their conscience about things involving entertainment, right? And so one of the rules of thumb is that you always follow the dictates of your conscience. If your conscience is pricking you to say, don't watch this, don't listen to this, don't participate with this. It is best to 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 uh, listen to your conscience and to 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 do what you feel inside. You're being warned about. So my wife didn't watch season one because Melody felt in her conscience this is not something I want to be a part of, and so her conscience has sensitivities to anything that is even slightly demonic, and she just doesn't want anything to do with it. Now, the the balance point to that is. You cannot take your conscience's uh, awareness or warnings and put them on other people's consciences, right? So, Melody, it, she what she you know she can with her kids, and she did with you, okay. But when it comes to other people, it would be wrong for her to say, "I felt a sensitivity about this early on, and therefore everyone should feel what I feel." So she, I watched first two seasons. She didn't because her conscience made her aware. Stop. I would probably say I was conscience affected in season three. Mm. And I was like, eh, eh, I feel a little bit like uncomfortable inside. This is enough for me to get out. Yeah. Cause it's not an essential activity. I don't have to watch stranger things to keep my job. I don't have to watch stranger things to make money to function. Like it was, it's a complete option for me. And so why would I entertain myself with something that I feel a little bit inward, inwardly dissonant about? Yeah. But I didn't get on social media or get up on the platform and say, if you were watching stranger things, you are, in danger of hell, right? right? I just I just made a personal decision about it based upon my conscience. So I I think that like one of the one of the reasons people would be okay with some of this is like it's it's just made up, it's fake, you know what I mean? And it yeah. is, it's fictional. Like so, I'm, it's like it's not like this is real. People aren't being really possessed by you know the Demogorgon or whatever it is on the show. Um, I, but I think maybe there's also like this factor of when it comes to the demonic, there's a little bit of ignorance of what even the demonic is, is it even real? You know, like... Yeah, so let's describe that. So go ahead and get... What, what, is, what, are, what is the devil, what are demons, as the Bible describes them? I'll, I'll, I'll have, pitch it to you as you understand it. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm on the spot here, but I'll do my best with this. So obviously, you know, the, the Bible talks about the devil throughout the Old and, and the New Testament. I think in the, in the Old Testament, he's, he's referred to as the Satan or, or the opposer, I think is how accuser, it's... Trend. Accuser. Accuser, yeah. 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 Um, and so, you know, when, when, you, when we do some study, we realize that Satan was probably um, originally one of the head angels who was, um, you know, serving with, with God before the creation of, of the world and humanity. And uh, at some point in this prehistory time, um, 
Satan decided he wanted to try to become like God, as powerful as, as him, and so he was cast out, and along with one-third of the angels that followed him. And so um, when we talk about the devil, we're talking about this former angel that is now an opposer that has that is trying to do everything he can to undermine God and his people and all goodness in the world. And then we, when we talk about demons, it's former angels that have now become demented and twisted and that, again, are, are following the devil's lead and trying to actively oppose our life. And yeah, both are both are real, man. I mean, when we talk about like what the Bible says, they're actually an active part of our world. Yeah, and the, and you know, Ephesians says we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and the rulers of this dark world. So it gives the idea that demons are actually ordered like a military organization. They have strategy against us. They are organized. They move in concert. They work to undermine you, your family. And their ultimate goal would be for your complete destruction eternally. Um, but we see that they have the ability to inhabit a human being, because many people that Jesus encountered in the New Testament were possessed of a, of a demon. And in being possessed by the de- devil, G- you know, Jesus would cast those demons out and set them free. And anyone possessed by a demon was completely tormented. So there's levels of now where the devil can be involved in our life, where demonic forces can be. One is to just oppose us. A second is to harass us, to make our life difficult. And the third is to possess us, right? And so there's there's levels of, of, of activity. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, you cannot be possessed by the devil and possessed by the Holy Spirit at the same time. But you can be severely harassed. And, and so anytime we're dabbling in anything that is potentially spiritually dark— there is the potential that we can increase levels of harassment in our life. Yeah. And that is the danger that we're talking about, especially when you're talking about kids or teenagers or people that are either not Christians yet or new to their faith, that they would end up in some kind of a, of a you know, situation where they're being harassed by powers of spirits of darkness. Sure. So before we get into the yeah. harassment side, let's keep talking about demonology, if you will, the, the, okay. you know, the understanding of what this means. Yeah. So <clears throat> when we talk about people that were demon-possessed in the Bible. Do you want to describe some of the, the scenes we find with Jesus where he encounters Yeah, okay, well, the most person? famous one is where, where he, um, he, he finds this guy on, on a hillside in um, a region that is outside of Israel, and, um, and he, he encounters this guy, and, and he asks him, what's your name? And the guy says, my name's Legion, which means that there was more than one in him. And so Jesus then, uh, they actually say, you know, don't kill us. You know, don't, don't send us into the abyss. And so Jesus cast them into a herd of pigs, and the pigs run into the water. They run off a cliff. Yeah, they yeah. run off a cliff. And, and then this man is suddenly left in his right mind, and he is, uh, he is able to, to understand what's going on. And he wants to follow Jesus in his ministry, but Jesus says, go back and tell everybody what happened to you. Okay, so that's just one. You know, there are, I don't know how many there are, there are lots of, uh, you know, experiences of you know, Paul has this encounter in Acts chapter 16 with a, a girl that was telling people's fortunes, but she was actually demon-possessed, and the demonic force was giving her insight into some things, and Paul, you know, rebukes her and sets her free, and now she's in her right mind, doesn't have those dark powers anymore, and, and they end up taking Paul and, and Silas and, and flogging them over it. So this is a pretty common experience in the New Testament for demonic things. And we have been with Johannes Amritzer and Mission SOS many times, various countries in, in the continent of Africa where uh, and in Nicaragua, where uh, people who are demon-possessed are 
manifesting just like in Jesus's New Testament era, and we have prayed over them and, and seen them set free in Jesus' name. I was going to ask you, do you have any stories in... that are good to, that would be good to share as an illustration? From... Do you have you ever worked inside? Yeah, the so so there yeah. there's a uh, it's yeah there's a there's a area off to the side for the Mission SOS festivals. They call the the Freedom Tent, I believe, and basically. What will happen at these crusades? There, there's a lot, probably more open, active participation in witchcraft and the occult in some of these areas. Yeah. People go to witch doctors for, you know, there's not the same modern medicine, um, so they'll go looking for help from the supernatural. And so, anyway, a lot of times what will happen is as Johannes or whoever the preacher is is preaching, um, and they're starting to talk about Jesus, somebody will manifest, which means they openly start to show signs of demonic possession in a very loud way that is is meant to really cause fear. Yeah, well or let me let me let me or, let me give you a, a, a the first moment I saw this happen on such a large scale. We were in Harar, Ethiopia, which is a ninety eight percent Muslim area. Um Johannes told me on the way to the that the meeting that night that many demons will come out tonight. He said the God has spoken to me about a demonic spirit that's ruling in this area, and I'm going to call it out. When I call it out, people are going to be set free. So because I'd never seen this on this large of a scale, I was a bit skeptical about it, okay? I, can I just say that I'm a pastor and, you know, I know the New Testament, but I had never seen it other than what I had seen in Western cultures where you could maybe explain away that people were mimicking something. So the moment came, so there's, what, 17,000 people on a field, and the moment came where Johannes gets up and he says, in the name of Jesus who's risen from the dead, I declare that the demonic powers that are in this place are broken now in Jesus' name. And as he said that, it was like somebody took, you know, the old-fashioned cartoon, you, you push down the lever on the dynamite thing, TNT, TNT yeah. and then all of a sudden it just explodes. It was like he pushed down the lever, and all of a sudden there were 20 people who simultaneously, without coordination, started to... Th- to writhe and throw themselves on the ground and scream out. And so the team members went, rushed to them, gently kind of picked them up, bring brought them over to a private place where they could with dignity receive some ministry. And one by one, they were prayed over in Jesus' name and were set free. And their eyes went from rolling back in their head, foaming at the mouth, to uh, them having a smile on their face and hugging people and filled with joy, just like the stuff you read about in the New Testament. It happened right there in front of my eyes. And I was like, okay, this is the real deal here. No one could have coaxed that. I mean, that, that, was, a, that was a legitimately undeniable spiritual experience where people who came in tormented were set free. And yeah. this is what we read about in the New Testament. And this is what the concern is for anybody that, you know, if we have some, some concern about should you be entertained by demonic activity, it's that we've seen the real deal about what demonic forces can do to somebody's life. So whenever I was in the Freedom Tent, I mean, there were some crazy things that, that I saw. You know, like I remember we were praying over this lady, and she's, I mean, so this was in, in Ethiopia. This was in also randomly. It was uh, in um, Addis Ababa. And so we were there, and uh, she's in the back, and she starts like in this really deep voice in English, like perfect English, like you can't have her. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, it was crazy. I mean, she did not speak a word of English, but she's like in this really low voice saying that. And, you know, we were praying over her and, and 
you know, it was crazy because, you know, the demons were like screaming like, no, no. And then all of a sudden she just like was calm and peaceful and started crying. And, you know, I, I, I can't even remember what she had, but she had some physical illnesses that were totally gone wow. because of that. And she got, you know, she gave her life to Jesus, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So there's actually somebody else. I know somebody else on a trip and they told me the story um, recently that happened where there was a lady who was infertile, couldn't have kids. And so she went to a witch doctor. And um, in her village, and the witch doctor gave her some thing to drink and some some mixture. So she drank it, and she started to have kids, but she lost her memory to be able to remember any of them. And so at this point, her kids are adults, and she's like just very, like almost like dementia, like is not able to think clearly, doesn't know who her children are. They knew the story. They brought her. She went back, had a very similar experience to what I was talking about, where they're speaking in English through her, and they end up casting the, the demon out. And then she, she, it was like she came out of a date. It yeah. was like, you know, all of her memories came back, and she remembered her children, and they were hugging and crying. And yeah. I mean, it was the, I think the coolest part this is one of the things that I didn't realize until I had started going on some of these trips is just how powerless demons are whenever they're standing against the person of Jesus. Yeah. Because I think like modern media likes to portray them as if there's like two equal opposing forces of the devil and Jesus and angels and demons. And it's like demons are scary because like, what if they overcome us? But like what the word says is that Jesus has already overcome the devil and already overcome demons. And so we, we are not fighting a war. We're just proclaiming victory to people that are currently you know, being oppressed. So there was a woman in the Gospels where she was bent over by a spirit, the Bible says, for 18 years. And when she came across Jesus, Jesus doesn't pray, be healed. He says, be gone or be free. And and as soon as she, he removed the demonic attachment to her life, she straightened up and was able to walk. So can you imagine being bent over, bent over for 18 years, not able to straighten up? And then as soon as the spirit was removed, um, she began to walk. So, okay, now... Let's talk about this for a moment. So, so what you just described is what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. So he talks about, there is a controversy back in the New Testament era about whether you could eat food that had been in an idol temple. And the thought was, just like potentially watching or participating in something that is demonic could have some danger to you spiritually, they also felt like even to eat food that had been in an idol temple where demons were active, even if just eating the food that had been in an idol temple was too dangerous because it could maybe somehow be, be contaminated with demonic activity. And so there was a debate within the church whether this should happen. And Paul then says, an idol is nothing at all in the world, and there is no God but one, for even if there are so-called gods or demons, whether in heaven or on earth, and as indeed there are many, um, yet there's only one God, the Father from whom all things came and for whom we live, but there is one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things came and through whom we live. So, so Paul basically begins to say, I have no problem personally eating meat offered to idols because I am not worried about those demons affecting me. I, basically, I am supremely confident that because the Holy Spirit lives in me and I have authority in Jesus' name, that demonic forces are way more afraid of me than I should be afraid of them. Not me in and of myself, but me with the authority of Jesus on my life filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Some people have said, boy, you know, if you go overseas and you go into a Hindu temple, or if you go overseas and you pray at a, at a, at a place that might be, um, you know, have demonic activity involved with, you should be very scared because demons can jump on you there and they'll, you know, from then on they'll harass you. And actually, I don't think it's that way at all. You know, I think when we go places, we go and we repel the powers of darkness. Yeah. So there is no fear about being possessed by or even harassed by the devil if you know how to use the authority you have in Jesus' name and stand up every morning in prayer and pray a hedge of protection around your family and rebuke the powers of darkness and make sure that you're operating fully over rather than under any kind of intimidation or fear that comes from the enemy. So I don't think this episode is to say, oh, you know, if someone curses you, you know, even the proverb says like a fluttering bird and a darting sparrow, so an undeserved curse does not come to rest. Yeah. So, so the you know Balaam tried to or Balak tried to pay Balaam to curse the people of Israel, and Balaam couldn't curse what God had blessed. So, so we don't want to talk about this to produce fear in you because you have authority in Jesus' name to live in victory and to overcome, and there is no reason that you should in any way be intimidated by the powers of darkness. However, in the same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul talks about, but there are other people whose consciences are weak that say, I'm sensitive to this. I don't want anything to do with this. And I would prefer that this demon food that had been offered to idols isn't in my home. Um, Paul said, look, I would rather not eat meat than cause somebody who has a conscience issue about this to have any kind of stumbling issue. And so Paul denied himself what he knew he had freedom to do simply because he knew that other people might be overcome by fear or overcome by, by this, this feeling of oppression that can come from demonic activity well, I in think, their life. I think the other danger as well is that oh, the way that you can be harassed is if you intentionally open yourself to those forces. Sure. Well, but harassment comes in a lot of ways. Sure. Harassment comes when you give in to fear. Harassment comes when you are involved in pornography. Harassment comes when you give in to bitterness. So bitterness gives the devil a foothold. Um, harassment comes when you are filled with anger and rage. Harassment can come when you, you start to use drugs and alcohol. You come under the influence of something other than God. Harassment can come when you fill your life with demonic entertainments, because there can be all kinds of thoughts and imaginations that are planted into your subconscious where you start to have these really weird dreams or even just begin to be influenced by what you believe or think. So um, all of those things open the door for the activity of, of the powers of darkness to harass you. They do, but what I think what I'm refer- referencing is probably not even necessarily entertainment that has to do with the demonic. Um, I, so one of the things that's been happening more and more frequently is there will be these you know TikTok challenges or something that will come out, and it, it's usually you know, high school and often even elementary school, like they had, they had one that was, I think was called the, the Momo challenge or something like that. And there's this sort of a demonic figure that, I don't know, you're supposed to do something with. They had something, I can't remember what this was. You, you, you did it with like a pencil on your desk and you'd write something and, and it's, it's sort of like Ouija board esque type yeah. activities um, with a lot of weird kind of creepy stories. They're, they're all sort of, Essentially, like there's a spirit that you can interact with if you do 
one mm. of these kind of things. Yeah. I think that, that that's probably a little bit of a, maybe not necessarily a different level, but it can be. Well, yeah. So at the, the way that the, the greatest danger to anyone when it comes to the demonic is that you willfully invite their presence into your life through your confession. Just like when you invite Jesus into your life, you have to believe in your heart that he is the Christ and, and you have to confess with your mouth. Okay. When you do that, you open the door of your soul for Jesus to enter your world through the power of the Holy Spirit and take over. If you confess out loud some type of agreement, so this is the danger of uh, dungeons, or excuse me, a um, stranger things, or one of these TikTok challenges, is that you imitate what you see. Even like, okay, Harry Potter was a big thing for a while, right? So if people are are watching Harry Potter, reading the books just for entertainment's sake, I don't think there's a whole lot of harm to that. If you start to pretend that you are a wizard and you, like I used to do with Superman, fly around the house and pretend I was Superman, if you pretend you're Harry Potter and you start saying out loud incantations, that the confession is the danger. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you use a Ouija board and you ask somebody, you ask the devil, tell me what your will is for my life, he'll tell you. Yeah. Okay, well, even, you or that seances, won't be good. Or there's yeah, things, or, yeah, or psychics. Um, if you pick up the newspaper or your uh, newspaper, if you go someplace that gives you your horoscope and you read it and you believe it, when you accompany faith with something that the devil has told you to do, or you begin to confess something that that is in a, in agreement with powers of evil, that's where the danger comes. That's where you open the door. It's like you've directly opened the door to say, what you've told me is going to happen, I agree with, and whatever he has told you is going to happen is going to end up being very bad for your life. Um, so I'll, can I just do, tell, tell you one story? I yeah. used to teach this in Spiritual Breakthrough all the time. So there was a woman that came to our Spiritual Breakthrough weekend, and she was recovering from alcohol. She um, had been divorced. She, her life, she was dealing with a lot of depression. And so as we started to talk, she, um, I said, where did this all begin? So she was married with four kids, and she was a part of a party, and... Um, the, there was a psychic reader that came to the party. It was like the entertainment. And so she had her session with a psychic reader, and the psychic reader said to her in that episode, your first love will be your last. And she was like, well, I wonder what that means. I, I'm not married to my first love. I haven't seen my first love in years. Um, so I guess one day I'm going to get divorced from my husband, and I'm going to find my first love, and we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. Well, the next week she was at one of her kids' baseball games, and her first love shows up. And so they start to have an affair together, and she leaves her husband. It turns out that her first love also has an alcohol addiction, and so does she. They start to drink together. And from that moment on, their lives spiral out of control, and, and you know they end up breaking up because of all the drama and trauma that came from the alcoholism. She was off alcohol, living in a happy marriage, raising her four kids, and the psychic gave her the will of the devil for her life that set up a trap for her to believe something and do something that would lead to her destruction. So it wasn't that the devil destroyed her. It was the devil gave her a word that she agreed with and led her into a pathway of, of, of destructive activity. What you believe and what you say with your mouth is so important to the direction of your life. And you don't want the will of the devil, and you don't want to confess anything that has to do with the devil because you are then directly inviting his involvement to destroy you. And so that's why, so anything that you might say, even in imitation, even in jest, or even in, you know, just curiosity about your future, that it isn't, it isn't 
without its potential harm to you. And that's why this is just such a serious activity. That's why whenever we say Stranger Things has direct demonic things going on inside of it, it isn't value neutral. It might, you might be that you can watch it and not, not, no harm will come to you. Because again, if you have authority in Jesus and you know who you are, probably you could do that without it having consequence to you. But some people might watch it, and, and it actually might lead them down a path where maybe they might more directly get involved with demonic activity. Well, I, I even think just to push a little farther than you just did there, I think like one of my concerns for my own life in general with these kinds of things, which by the way, this, this like, you know, where's the level of, is this too dark or is there, mm-hmm. that's something that I've definitely, I like, you're just sort of like, if it smells of it at all, I'm like not even going near it. I think with me, I've been sort of like searching through and there's definitely been times whenever I've watched something or played something and I'm like, yeah, probably sh- I shouldn't do that, you yeah. know? But I think the concern for me as I'm evaluating my own standards is just like, what am I ingesting into my own spirit? Like, because, you know, what I'm like thinking on and listening to or, you know, entertained by, I do think actually leaves a marker sure. and imprint on me. Oh, yeah. And like, so, even, even if you think back to the 80s and the whole rock music seminars, we can sort of make light of that today. But there are some songs and there is some music that I have actually watched as people started to listen to a certain musical style. It made them angrier or it made them more depressed or it made them more agitated or more likely to act out. So, so just like the worship music, good worship music can draw the presence of God in your life, there are some, some musical things that could draw the presence of darkness in your life. And I think that when we just think, oh, it's no big deal, it's all entertainment, um, we, we may be missing the fact that, okay, maybe you're going to be fine. But, but there are potential harms and dangers that could be there. Maybe we were too extreme when you were being raised, but could be that the pendulum's swinging in the other direction. That's actually something that I <laughs> thought would be an interesting episode of the future is like standards of media in general, music, movies, video games, et cetera, for a person's life. Because I think generally like the, the, the I'll say, when I say modern, I guess I mean the, the attitude for younger people in my generation and down is... Does this convict me? If not, it's fine. But that's probably not a great... <laughs> like, but, do I you, feel... Okay, but if you are really asking that question genuinely... Sure, So yeah. if you're saying, Holy Spirit, before I watch this... <laughs> yeah. Because the Bible says, don't grieve the Spirit of God. Mm. So if you go into it and you say, I'm about ready to turn this on, Holy Spirit, if you just prayed this way, Holy Spirit, if this is displeasing to you, would you please make me aware? I think that's probably all the guide you need. But I don't think many people are actually going no. into it like that. Like that's more like this. God, please, if this is from not from you, knock me over the head somehow. Like I need to really. No, it's know. not. It's not that. It's, okay. it's like this. It's like this. It's like I watch it. I don't feel anything. I, I think when people um, are watching media, I don't actually think they're typically asking the question at all. I think it's just sort of like, you know, if I don't feel something, then I'm, I'm not even really going to pause on it. Yeah. So, so so that can say as much about your own personal spiritual condition as anything else. Like, it is possible to have like a little callus, so to speak, on your spiritual discerner, like where you, there's a little bit of a distance between you and God's voice, and you have been ignoring what He's trying to say to you for a while. So therefore, the idea that you're not hearing anything may not necessarily be the fact that God doesn't want you 
to listen a little closer. It just may be that you're a little bit more operating in a fleshly way on your daily basis, like you're living out of the flesh and for the flesh, your own appetites, your own desires, but you're trying to stay out of sinful stuff, but you're not really tuned up to what the Holy Spirit's saying. And so um, uh, if you really pause to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say in my life? Not only will he warn you, about the idea that something might be bad for you. But he's also going to give you words of encouragement and fill you with his joy and peace, and he's going to prompt you about somebody that needs ministry, and all of a sudden you're going to be spiritually awake and alive. And this is when we feel on fire for God, when that callus is removed and when we're tuned into the voice of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just the Holy Spirit's this divine killjoy trying to keep you from having fun. It's that he is actually trying to empower you to live a life that is filled with his purpose and, and tuned into his voice. And the consequence to that is that he might limit you some on your entertainment choices or activities. So, so like, I think one of my, you know, a lot of times people will say, including myself, like, well, I'm, I'm just, maybe I'm a little bit de- desensitized towards this, you know, towards something violent or swearing or sexual or whatever it might be or, or demonic. So, like, what does the process look like of actually trying to Resensitize yourself, if you yeah, will. Because the real question is, are you desensitized to the Holy Spirit? Not just to violence or to sexuality or to whatever, but are you now really sensitized to the Holy Spirit? And there's a couple things. You know, Ephesians chapter 5 says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says, speaking to one another, one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart unto God. So the more you worship, the more you fill your life with worship music, the more likely that you are to be filled with the very active, aware presence of the Holy Spirit. And the more you you listen to His voice when He tells you no or yes about something, the more sensitized you become to His Holy Spirit, to the Holy Spirit. And if you're living a sensitized life, wow, it is, it's adventurous, it's filled with purpose, it's exciting. If you're desensitized, you end up feeling dry and dulled out, and you're constantly seeking the next entertainment fix or distraction but you're really just bored inside. Yeah. But when you're sensitized to the Holy Spirit, you're not, you're not bored. Mm-hmm. You're being led and empowered. And so, the, again, the consequences is he tells you no on some stuff. But the positive side is he imparts things to you. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe the, the way to close this episode is to just realize that the value here is not just what do I watch and not watch. It's really what, how do I listen to the Holy Spirit in my life and, and live with Him. But before we end, I have to ask about Dun- Dungeons and Dragons because because <laughs> we said that at the beginning that we would talk about this, and you're like, I wonder when you're going to talk about D and D. Okay, D and D is that what it's called? D and D. Which, not- by the way, I'm not like a big D and D guy or anything. There's other family members in the League family that play okay, but, one but, other specifically. Okay, so but on the heels of the rock and roll seminars where everything rock and roll was of the devil was the invention of Dungeons and Dragons, and I grew up in a youth ministry where everybody said, don't do that, man, that is demonic. But I really have no idea what Dungeons and Dragons is. Yeah, so, so I was just trying me. to explain this to you as I got cut off here. But yeah. Basically, Dungeons and Dragons is sort of just like, almost like a, bo- a board game where like you each make up a character and there's somebody who actually is telling an interactive story that they've either written or they're reading through where you'll come to choices, choice intersections. Like, what do you want to do? And you can say, Sounds my like character. work. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to write a whole story. About, I mean, if whoop. your work is like casting a fireball at an orc <laughs> wizard or something. No, but it's, you know, I guess for, for the person who's writing the story, it can be a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, as far as your question, like, is it demonic? Like 
most of the time with people that I've seen do it, it's it's pretty much just like a really nerdy board game. Okay, so <laughs> so like when when Luigi fires a mushroom out of his Mario Kart and it has power with it, it it's that level of interaction. <laughs> That's a weird way to say it. You, you're saying like when you do something like you cast a spell, yeah. it's like that. Yes, it's not. It wouldn't be like you're reading a list of incantations, okay, but doing did, hand what, signals. Isn't it and, possible that that's there it could be that way. Uh, so I, I'm. There's probably some people that would do the full thing, and maybe they're actually they have candles and they have pentagrams, and they're okay. actually doing things in a demonic way. Maybe I think but, that may have been how it started. Was that feeling? I remember the commercials had that feel. Yeah, when it was first coming out, it's possible. But but now it's like they have some like you could do a D and D in a Star Wars setting or okay. in a Wild Wild so, West setting. So would people be more offended that you just called it a nerdy board game? Or that we're talking about it as potentially I think demonic. Anybody that is playing D D knows they're a nerd. Okay, but you nerd in a good way. Yeah. Nerd well, is not necessarily bad. However right? you want to take that, you know. If you're playing D D, you know. Okay. So <laughs> well anyway, yeah, I, I think I think this was good. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts or takeaways that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, so hopefully, just like all the other things we've talked about here, you haven't left feeling condemned by anything that we we talked about, that we leaned into this idea of it being a matter of conscience, your entertainment choices, but that we challenged you to listen a little bit more distinctly to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah, I think one of my biggest takeaways from what you're talking about is just, you know, I think a question people ask, whether it's out loud or subconsciously, is like, well, how do I really hear from God more clearly? And I think one of the things when you're talking about like resensitizing yourself to the Holy Spirit, I think one of those ways that you it really starts with hearing the Holy Spirit is just asking that question about everyday life things. Yeah. Like, Holy Spirit, do you want me to watch this? Or what should I say to that person? Or just like like if if I think often oftentimes before God gives us like a supernatural word for somebody else or yeah. all this other stuff, it starts with really it's, basic powerfully dangerous to ask the Holy Spirit what he thinks. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the best thing you could ever do. Yeah. So I guess my closing question to you, can you just really quick give us that snapshot again? If somebody is like, maybe I want to examine my heart to see if I have a a, a callus on my spiritual discerner, as you were calling it, or I really want to hear from God a little bit more clearly in at least these basic ways, what, what are some basic things to do? Yeah, well, okay, so taking a day of fast and fasting and prayer will help. That that has a way of peeling off the callus because you get hungry and your flesh starts to scream at you. And before long, you're aware of how dominated you are by fleshly thinking. So fast a meal or two and spend some time in worship while you're fasting and praying and ask God to tell you if you've become desensitized. He will. Pray with other people. Uh, get some feedback. But but I would say that that's a really great place to start is take a day of fasting. That's and, great, and let the, let the the Holy Spirit distinguish His voice from the voice of your flesh, which is probably way louder than you realize in a lot of it, a lot of areas. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Well, as always, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us again for this episode. Thanks for listening. Um, And whatever platform you're streaming or listening or watching this on, uh, it would mean so much to to us if you would help us promote this by either leaving a five-star review, like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. You can actually share this on your social media. Just help us get the word out. But regardless, we just want to say thanks for joining us again, and we'll see you guys next time.